What's up, everybody? It's Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You're listening to the Pacers Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pacers on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pacers Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers. And I'm coming to you from the top end of Australia today, far north Queensland. If you want to Google where that is, I'm in Cairns. Uh, but we have four different people on the call in four different locations. Justin, I'm going to throw to you to introduce our guest. You guys have been talking for a little while. You've uh, you've obviously been able to get him on the show. It's been a, a, a view of ours for a while that we need to get this person on the show and we need to get his perspective because it is very rare that we have someone working for our organization, our favorite team that happens to be an Aussie as well. So to get the perspective of an Aussie working for the Pacers is not something that we thought that we'd be able to get, but Justin, take it away, mate. Well, yeah, when we, when we heard this, this gentleman worked for the Indiana Pacers, we, we had to touch base with him to get him on the show because like you said, Adam, very rare to get an Australian Pacers crossover um, definitely a staff member who works for the team, not only a player. Uh, the massage therapist for the Indiana Pacers, John Christopher. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Good to finally uh, get this one uh, teed up. For sure, you're you're the first guest we've had on that can actually understand understand our accents. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, you're, you're also the first. You're also the first guest that does a killer Michael Jackson impersonation. Must I say? Oh, yeah. I've been, Watching a little bit of Scott Agnes's YouTube channel this morning, so you're, uh, you look phone is on. <laughs> yeah, Miles Turner had to give you a bit of a chop out there uh, yeah. towards the start of the song, but yeah, I, I encourage you all to to YouTube search the uh, the fan jam. Uh, we may put it up on Twitter just uh, after this episode, so everyone can know what we're talking about. But uh, that falsetto, mate, that's uh, that's pretty special. You know, I'm just an average Joe at heart, so uh, you know. You can dodge a wrench, but you can't dodge Miles Turner's uh, rookie hazing, apparently. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, we'll get we'll get started. Just give us give our listeners a little background to, I guess, who you are, what you do, where you came from. Obviously, we've got a, a lot of Australian listeners who would be interested in where you came from, Australia, and I guess how you got started and moved over to America. Yeah. So. I, I grew up kind of my, my parents traveled for work and that sort of business. And at some point uh, in my late teens, I was at an American school um, in, in Pakistan um, and uh, spent, spent a year, 18 months, something like that there um, and moved back to Australia, had a, a normal sort of uh, trip to university and that sort of business. And uh, um had a sort of uh, a, relate, a relationship breakdown in my uh, uh, late 20s, I think it was, early, early 30s, and um, reconnected with someone from that school, um, an American girl, uh, a few years after and was, was sort of like, oh, yeah, like, let's, let's see how this turns out. And, um, and I came and visited her a couple of times and we were like, yeah, I think this is the thing. And so we came up with the grand plan to, to kind of get married and whatnot. And due to some sort of uh, uh, family situations for her, she was planning to move to Australia and um, it, it, we ended up having to flip that on its head. And, and so I moved out to the States and I, I really didn't know what I was going to do for work because I worked in sort of community education and, and, and uh, a lot of stuff with, with um, school age care. And I, I really had no idea um, 
what I was going to do. But I, I, I grew up playing a lot of rugby, a lot of contact sport, a fair bit of basketball, that sort of thing, and just had all these niggling little um, things that we all seem to get when we're in our 30s. You know, you, you live life hard. That's what, what ends up happening. Um, and so, yeah, I, um, I thought, you know, may as well try my hand at this massage school stuff and see what that can do for my own sort of uh, personal sort of issues. If I, you know, if I study this and go through school or whatever, I might know something more about my own stuff. But uh, someone had already planted the seed of the idea of sports massage as well. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool. And just kind of, it, it, it's a way of uh, almost like going to TAFE or something like that, where you can get a qualification, get out there, get sort of working and, and not be paid a pittance. Um, so, yeah, I, I went and studied that. And uh, my wife, she was a pastry chef. She wanted to move up to Chicago. And I had to kind of uh, up my hours very quickly to get a license in Illinois. I was in DC at the time. Um, and uh, they have a different sort of requirement with ours. So, yeah, I, I went, thought, oh, I'll take this sports massage course and it was run by the lady um uh, tatiana chamorov if i've got that last name right that's a, a mouthful but uh she was the uh, washington nationals um baseball team in dc she was their massage therapist for a long time so she did this class and kind of since then kind of mentored me that got me my license in chicago and i was working typical sort of massage work um and it really wasn't what I wanted to be doing. I wanted to kind of be working with athletes and kind of in locker rooms. And uh, those jobs are pretty hard to find, but there's obviously college sports, things like that, uh, high schools you can go work for and all, all manner of sporting teams over here. Like they love their sports. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I reached this point, this crossroads and, and uh Chicago is such a big city. Um, their teams aren't located sort of in the, the kind of area that I was, sort of more an hour from where I was. And I just kind of thought I'll use some contacts and see if I can um, get something going. And, and uh, I contacted a guy over in Detroit and basically was like, yeah, come, come over. And, and his whole thing was... Uh, they worked in the Lions uh, locker rooms, the NFL team over there. So, yeah, I, I literally had about two weeks and started driving over to Detroit and working over there with uh, Jeff Kong and Tri Coverage. So, um, yeah, in the Lions. And that's kind of a real skimmed over version of it, but it's pretty long-winded as you can gather. <laughs> the transition, though, this is something that I'm curious about. The transition from NFL to NBA, were you, first of all, were you like always a, a basketball guy? Were you always into the NBA? In particular, the Pacers, I should say. So the Pacers is a really interesting one. Um, I, growing up, I, I, I think I had a few different teams that I kind of, I followed. I started playing basketball about age nine, maybe eight, somewhere there. Um had a friend that played, the Canberra Cannons were a huge thing and, and you know, it was kind of infectious. Um, you know, then you had the Jordan era, that sort of stuff. I was more a Larry Bird guy um, myself. So, uh, yeah, went with, went with that as a kid. And then kind of, we had, I had friends in high school, one of them um, 
was out in San Francisco for a few years. So he was a big Golden State Warriors guy and stuff like that. It was the Jordan era. Everyone was kind of into basketball. And, yeah, I played on my high school team and, and, and all that sort of stuff. Like, um, you know, never quite could um, make the state team. But, you know, I was just a very athletic guy and, and whatever. But loved Reggie Miller. Loved that whole sort of uh, Detlef Schrempf, you know, um, Rick Smiths, that kind of the, the Davises. Uh, loved that era of the paces, that that kind of grip. I had, I couldn't point out Indiana on a map, mind you, but I, I loved that kind of, um, you, you know, the old uh, choking hands stuff, the big grit stuff against um, uh, New York. And then kind of in my 20s, I just kind of stopped looking at basketball. I don't, I don't know what it was. I just kind of, um, I was playing rugby at a really high level and kind of just, lost interest in, in, in the basketball stuff. But uh, but the NFL stuff, it, it was kind of that the two work very differently and the bodies are obviously very different in terms of how you have to kind of treat um, a, a player. But uh, if you can if you can work NFL, those guys are such phenomenal athletes. They're probably the, the best athletes you're going to come across pound for pound. Um, their nervous system is just crazy. So... If you can kind of do that, and and some of the techniques that I do are, are, are far more, the NFL's more switched on with it than the NBA. So it's kind of coming back across the NBA as such. Like that job kind of landed in my lap, courtesy of uh, a, a, an associate um, here in Indiana. And it just happened to be off season. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take a more permanent position. And I'll paces. Yeah, Reggie Miller, cool. Like, you know, that sort of thing. And um, I, I guess uh, I guess the the difference between the sports is the amount of travel you're doing. Like this, so here I should clarify. Here I'm actually with the team twenty four seven. Like I'm, I go to meetings, I do all that sort of stuff. With the NFL, it's such a big staff and such a big squad. You're not you, there's a number of you. You don't sort of necessarily get in with the team. Whereas this is very much like one big family. Like all the staff you name it from top to bottom. So yeah, it's, it's a far more enjoyable position because you are spending that time with, with people, you get to know them a lot better. Whereas NFL, you can make connections, don't get me wrong, but it's just, uh, it's a different beast and, and I far more enjoy my day to day with the, the paces. No, no disrespect to the Lions. <laughs> No, it's got to be a different cadence, doesn't it? I mean, you're talking about 82 games versus 16 plus playoffs. Yes. So completely different in terms of preparation. I kind of want to ask, unpack that a little bit more because you've got, you know, five times as many games for an NBA team. How does that sort of change the day-to-day? You talk about how it's sort of one big family. You'd be going on road trips. You'd be you know, away from your family for periods of time and then back for, you know, a couple of game stretch and that sort of stuff. But what what does it mean for your day-to-day and how you, I guess, prepare players for the rigours of playing 82 games? I mean, there's 16 super physical games in the NFL, but just the, you know, the miles on the body for the NBA has got to be a different level of preparation, right? Absolutely. Um one of the first guys I worked on was uh, Justin Holiday, and um, I'd been working with, with NFL guys. You know, like it, their their tissue is just like, like I was saying, they're just 
phenomenal athletes, right? And you've got a whole week. They kind of play this game and you've got kind of got a rest day and then you kind of, you can, you can get some recovery stuff in and then kind of midweek they're back to like, yeah, they can take a bit of pressure and you, you kind of really sort of um, getting somewhere and then kind of, you, you know, later in the, the later in the week, you kind of, um, you, you start to kind of prep them for the game and then pre-game it's all like just psycho, like just kind of intense, like, uh, energy stuff where you're, you're, you're not not energy work as such but you're working with their nervous system to get them like switched on um uh with the nba it's like you just don't have time like there's you know i don't i don't know what day it is half the time or um sometimes not what city either it's like it's you just sort of like oh yeah i know where i've got to be and i know i'm in this hotel because i've been here before now um and I know where the where, where the treatment room is, um, but yeah, I, I worked on Justin Holiday, probably one of the first guys I worked on, and uh, I was just like, "What the hell?" <laughs> like, it, there's no like the tissue doesn't doesn't change so much because it's just constant. It, NBA guys, like you, you'll you'll have a game, a guy will sort of uh, play a bit, that sort of thing, and then you'll you'll pack up. You'll, you'll do your work at the end of the day. And uh, for those that don't know, the uh, practice facility is across the road from the, the, the actual arena. So we, we take our gear across and I dump it in my office after a game. You, you'll come back and there'll be a guy who's just played, you know, 12 minutes, 20 minutes of basketball and he, he's, he's not satisfied and he'll be getting up shots and uh, go for a run on the treadmill, something like that. And it's like midnight. It's They, they don't stop these guys and it's, it's it's impressive. Like there, there's guys coming in at night to do rehab. There's guys um, getting shots up constantly and that sort of stuff. So their tissue is just they they're doing a lot of running up and down the court. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And we've got a bit of a fun question for you. So a good segue thing is you work with a lot of the players' bodies and things like that. Who would you think would be the best pacer in the AFL or NRL? Oh. <laughs> This may get back to them, so be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. See, I was I, I was thinking you were about to say NFL, and I, I would have said Travis Fulgham because that that kid can uh, play basketball. But um, let me think here. Ah, who have I seen in the NRL lately? Like, well, I, I think I think Tarps Joe Tarpany from the Canberra Raiders would make a pretty bloody good power forward. Uh, I don't know what his jump shots like, but yeah, he's he's fairly athletic. Um, what about the best? What about the best current Indiana Pacer playing Aussie rules or NRL? Oh, well, see, that's if we drafted Dyson Daniels, that'd be a <laughs> question. The Tigers fan, apparently. Um, uh, gee, who Terry Taylor? How am I missing that? Yeah, the guy who used to play tight end for, for, for um, his high school football team, I think. So, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a massive unit, he'd, he'd go well. It's got a rugby player's body, but then uh, TJ would be a really good kind of scrappy footy player of, of, yeah. of, of some description because that, that guy just talks, he gets in your head, doesn't matter what you're doing. So, yeah, complete germ, that guy. But, um, yeah, one of those two. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favourite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. 
You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. You can even bet on the Summer League in the NBA. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, I gotta, I gotta ask you about the shoes. I know you're you're pretty into the the shoe game, Lance. Has those M ones that go crazy? I know you just posted Fambo Zhang, who had the uh, who had the yes. SpongeBob customs in the summer league game. Who's had the who? Or first of all, who has the best shoe game that you've ever seen in it could be NBA or NFL? And then secondly, who has the best customs? I know Miles the, likes his customs as well. Miles last year, I don't know if he was bored or what, but uh, I get to Miles is an incredible human being he's, he's just there's so much depth to his character he's got so many interests so i'm i'm constantly picking his brain like if he's on the table i'm asking questions about like music or you know all sorts of crap like uh, as a 42 year old man i'm learning so, so much from that guy um but his uh, he just went ordered a bunch of like got on ebay and he was like check this out and I'm like, eBay, wow, what is it, 1996 sort of thing? Like, and, and he's going through it and he's finding all these old, like, first-generation LeBrons and stuff like that and KDs and he's ordering them off of eBay and getting a, a ton of these, like, classic shoes. <laughs> like, I thought that was pretty cool until I started seeing him wear them and every, everyone in the medical staff, you know, was looking at it like, are these, are these actually going to hold hold it up you know it's the thing and of course these days it's all inner souls anyways but yeah that, I, I don't know who sells vintage lebrons um in size what 14 15 16 even like yeah whatever size massive um i don't know who's selling those but uh, particularly ones that haven't been just worn to death so um he's he's definitely got some interesting stuff um i always appreciated karis when he was here karis had um a lot of a lot of cool jays uh, that sort of thing I think um, Lance, obviously, with the N ones, those things are just, it's, I, I'm always bugging him about, can I take a photo? Can I take a photo? And all this sort of stuff. Um, and then I think, I think Benedict is, is a sneaky one. He's going to come in with some game already, like I'm, I'm seeing it. Um, yeah. But uh, there's, a, there's a few guys. They all, I can't think of anyone who, who uh, may, maybe, uh, <laughs> he'd probably kill me for saying this, but, Malcolm, the first year, it was like he was wearing like monarchs or something like that. And he was, he was copping it from everyone. Everyone was like turning their nose up. But yeah, good, good dude. <laughs> well, as a uh, as a proud size fourteen, I can say that I've been across the world, and <laughs> I would love to have tenth of the access to shoes that NBA players have because stuff to fucking find any fourteens anywhere. Um, I've got to ask you about. <laughs> Got to ask about guys that you've seen, you know, you, you referenced earlier guys that are rehabbing at night that are putting in the work. Is there any example that you've seen in your time at the team where a guy has just gone above and beyond and it's paid off? Like, is there anyone who you, who you sort of witnessed ascend to a different level, whether that be G League to the bench, the bench, the starting lineup? Like, who, who can you, not to single someone out for, you know, 
being better than anyone else, but just someone that you've looked at and, and sort of followed their journey and can really respect how they've gone about it. So there's there's two two players really that stick out, and and one's an NFL guy called Tom Kennedy. Uh, was at the Lions. This guy was like practice squad. He's about my height, just solid dude. But watching him, but basically the guy is that train I was talking about earlier. I don't know if you can hear that, but yeah. <laughs> um, so Tom, Tom, Tom's a, a, a wide receiver. He uh, just lived in the gym, and and practice squad guy doesn't get paid like um, you know the, the the big wide receivers or something like that. They they get very little money. And he he basically all his meals, everything. He just was like he used to. Great, great guy used to just say to me, you know, just trying to get better, just trying to get better, Johnny. Like, and he actually got a contract last year just from his sheer determination and that sort of stuff. I think Tom would be the first to admit he's maybe not the, um, you know, he's not built like Kenny Golladay or something like that, you know, but, but he's a guy that just put in so much that it was getting him somewhere. And I've, I've seen a few guys like that in the NFL when you turn over to, to um, basketball, there's uh, the, the guys that came in from SAC uh, during the trade, they, they, they live in the gym. Like that's, that's what they do. They're incredibly hard workers and um, it, it is impressive. So um, watching uh, Chivano, Buddy, Buddy Heald, um, work with him a lot and, and you're getting great results with some of the techniques and stuff on on, uh, on his body and, and watching him sort of spend all his day in the gym and then kind of, you know, I believe, I believe the saying is um, if you're going to be a big boy at night, you've got to be a big boy in the morning, quote from Miles Turner, I believe. Um, and, and Buddy lives that, you know, he might get up to some stuff at night and enjoy himself and that sort of stuff, but he's, you never have any problems with him coming in. Um, but uh, to, to be honest, the, the number one, I think, uh, who I've just watched really, really grind is, is, uh, is Brizzy, um, O'Shea Brissett. Uh, he's just constantly Alex's working. man. Yeah. D- Loves him. Is, so do I. Yeah, I great, great dude. Um, he, he just, he, he's, again, he's, he's someone who um, recognises he has to put the work in and, and does so, I suppose. Like, it, he's... he's gone through a bit of a transition I think mentally and this is all personal point of view watching him sort of go from maybe sort of someone who was sort of like oh yeah like and that the, the guys in the NBA have an, an interesting thing there's some guys that kind of come into the league and they just they're like cool I've made it that's that's what they aspired to so you might not get um 100% effort whilst they're there they, that was their their purpose was to get into the league and they, they get there and maybe that affects them, you know, sort of on some level, that changes their, their work ethic a bit. And you get some people that come in and, and I think we've got a lot of it at the moment with the paces. Um, everyone really wants to be here. Everyone wants to work hard. And, and if we've got a problem at all, I think it's more keeping them out of the gym at the moment. So, um, so yeah, it's been an interesting off season thus far, but uh, in in that respect, but yeah, really really good attitudes flying around. But yeah, Br- Brizzy's probably he's he's come through the ranks as you guys know, and and has worked hard, and and, and he's had a couple of setbacks and things, um, you know. And that's not to say that others don't. I, I, 
I would say Ed Sumner, but he's not with us anymore. So I'm incredibly disappointed in Eddie right now. Um, that's a joke. He's I'm very glad for the guy. Um, but but yeah, probably probably Brizzy. Nice, that's good. I was going to get you. Everyone's probably favourite pacer in the last 10, 15 years would be Lance Stevenson. And I, I know you're pretty close to TJ McConnell, but do you have any good Lance story you can share or anything that comes to mind, even maybe with TJ, but anything that sticks out with Lance? I know everyone <laughs> says he's a funny guy. I, I was, um, I obviously know who Lance Stevenson is and, and that sort of thing. Like, um, you know, when I moved here, I, I really liked that Pacers team initially as, as well when they were giving it to LeBron and the Heat. Like, I just, I, I like to see that stuff, that, that little bit of like, the real dog stuff. And, and Lance is a real dog. He's, uh, I was, he came into the building and I was sort of like, all right, I'm just going to avoid this guy because he's kind of, he'll either gravitate towards me or whatever. I'm not going to go and put my foot in my mouth or do something stupid. He's been around. He knows what works for him, that sort of thing. And so maybe on, on a level I was slightly intimidated, but everyone who's, like most of our staff have been there a good sort of 15 years, 20 years. So, um, they, they were sort of sitting there going, yeah, no, Lance, you're going to love Lance. You're going to really get along with Lance. And I, I sort of, we went on a road trip and he came down to get some work and he was working with uh, uh, one, of, one of our other therapists at the time. We have some contractors that, that, that come in from time to time to help me out. And, um, and he's, he's on the table with them and I, I was like, all right, Lance, tell us a story. And this is, this is now a thing. I just ask him to tell me a story and, and he'll pluck something out of the blue and you just hear the most amazing stuff come out of this guy's mouth. And he's, I, I, he's got such a huge heart. Again, like he's an example of, of, of the organisation. He really um, represents it well. He just is such a fantastic human, um, gives his shirt off his own back and that sort of stuff like for, for, for people. We had... Um, he had a signing up the, up the road at a grocery store uh, after the season or at the end of the season, I forget which, and he was supposed to be there for like two hours or something like that. Um, they closed the store down and people still were there. He stayed. He just stayed and said he had, he had to be kicked out. And uh, that That's just the guy. He, he has a tremendous amount of time for, for the people of Indianapolis and Indiana, and he paces fans. So, yeah, Lance has been great to deal with. Um, you know, he's uh, we've got a little. Uh, he's a big fan of a certain type of bubble gum, so I keep that on hand. Whether I'm buying it, faces are buying it. It's always around, and you know, we we talk. He's he's always got funny voices, funny stories. You know, he's just yeah. That that's one where I'm like, I, I had to chase him down the other day to get it, get him to sign a basketball, because um, I was like, I don't know where we are here in these negotiations and stuff, but <laughs> this is something I'd like to be uh, handing on to my sort of nephew in, back in Canberra one day or like, you know, to, to set up in my little museum slash pub in, my, in the back of my, my house there in, in, in Detroit. So, <laughs> I was just about to say we need to start a petition, mate. Get, get Lance back on the paces. It's been, what, like 22 days of free agency. We need it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's one of those things. I, I, I think you should. Like, uh, he certainly... Uh, he, he's he's stuck up for a, a few of us kind of little um, grunts in the, uh, in the in the locker room, you know, guys that are sort of maybe maybe not very uh, kind of um, 
I don't know, low-hanging fruit, I suppose, is like a, a poor man's way of saying it. But, uh, yeah, he, he he stuck up for us a couple of times, like uh, during the season when when he thought things like people needed to pull their head in and people listened and, and that's just the the level of respect he has. Um, and, and you know, I took him aside and I, I just I thanked him for that because people people don't do that stuff for us. So, um, you know, you're just, you're the help at, at times. So. Uh, him recognizing, you know, that sort of stuff that just speaks volumes as to the kind of character the guy is. Too much heart to to not be there, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you you really want guys who embody that community, that family, and it sounds like the Pacers are lucky enough to have a few of those guys already on the roster and and for many many years. Um, last mm-hmm. question before we wrap up because we we do have to go in a moment, but. <laughs> Tyrese Halliburton is the leader of this team or certainly has been positioned as the leader of this team. What are your impressions of him as a leader and, and the way that he's, I guess, approached his, his game since arriving? Okay, what, what sort of, um, how can you make Pacers fans even more excited for this guy? Uh, Hal's incredible. Like, again, like you can pretty much chain, interchange any of the players' names on the squad with anything that I've said, but, but how, how's the one, like uh, he, he, um, like he, he, when he came in, he he was sort of like we're working after games. He's in the gym, all that sort of stuff. Like he, he, that he wasn't your typical person, and his his uh, his personality is such that you don't mind putting in for people that want to put in. Um, you know, he he's he's from the backwaters of Wisconsin there somewhere. He's going to love that. But, um, he's, um, he, he's, he's not from, you know, an affluent family from what I gather and all this sort of stuff. But, um, it, it's, nothing's been given to this kid uh, as such. He's had to kind of fight for it, but he doesn't have that kind of chip on his shoulder. Like he treats everyone um, very warmly and, and uh, you know, you could approach him in the street and it, it's – Often people are, like the the players can be really standoffish like that. Tyrese is is, is not like that. I, you get to to really pick his brain on things and share stories, and I, I feel like he knows a little bit about me. I know a little bit about him, and and that sort of stuff. Like this this kid's the real deal. There's no two ways about it. Uh, his work ethic, all that sort of stuff. Like we, we he didn't have to be here this off season. He could have gone and done his own thing, and and he's he's been in the gym this off season. Like pretty much I would say 99 percent of the time uh, there may have been one or, or two days where he's kind of you know he, again he doesn't have to be here so he's done sort of off-season things you know um uh so yeah Ty- Tyrese is I, I back that kid 100 percent like he's he's a star he is a star like yeah I think that's probably it that I can say. What a note to finish on. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. John Christopher, um, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for uh, giving your time and giving your insight. Uh, This hopefully won't be the last time you're on the program. And uh, thanks so much for being on the Pace Roos. Not a problem. Uh, Thank you for having me. It's uh, it's good to finally get to have a chat with you guys. I know we've been trying to tee it up for a minute. And yeah, uh, saying hi to any of my old high school mates, my fam back home anyone who will listen really so um yeah i know the the parents have started listening they were just over here in indiana so they're, they're picking up on that one too 
it's uh you guys do a great job um really appreciate the uh the effort there i know all the team do um and and certainly the organization so yeah hopefully uh you guys make it out here and we can uh drag you off to a game or or, or two that'd be great thanks john and thanks for listening to the pacer Roos. Mm-hmm.